All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shadowbreaker podcast. Today we, or well, this week we read chapters two through six. Of which book? Oh, well, I don't give a shit about this book, but it's The Will of Ascension. <laughs> Fuck. Um, we're here with, um, you know, Furry One and Gremlin One. Um, <laughs> and me, the Lord Ruler of all places, you know. The Lord Ruler. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm I'm Mythic. This over here to the far, far side of the screen is uh, Midnight. And then in the middle here, you have Darkness. Alright, yeah, so we're, we're back with another episode here. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be going in with Chapter 2 here. So, uh, yeah, once again, we're getting epigraphs. This time, uh, as we know, it's not from the Lord Rulers. Uh, no, it's from somebody else. From somebody else not from the lord ruler's journal although we found out it was not the lord ruler uh not from that journal uh but yeah so the epigraph for this chapter is i have begun to wonder if i am the only sane man left can the others not see they have been waiting so long for their hero to come the, o- the one spoken of in the terrace prophecies that they quickly jump to conclusions presuming that each story and legend applies to this one man so what do you think of the narrator's thoughts on the others just blindly applying all the legends to one man well, I'm assuming this is during the time where, like, what's it called? The the deepness? The deepness? The deepness. Uh, yeah, the it deepness seems to be implied that it's still oh, before the ascension. Thing. Yeah, so I'm assuming that people are just clinging to that hope of, like, oh my god, he's the one, he's gonna save us all, so, like, it makes sense that, you know, they're trying to raise the pedestal there. Right, guys? Right. <laughs> what do you think, Mythic? <laughs> what do I think about what? The epigraph. <laughs> so far, from chapter two, boring. Great. Um, I mean, it, it, it definitely gave us a good one in the first one of they can't be trusted unless it's on metal, and then this one was just kind of like okay. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed uh, some of the other ones though. Only, only word. What was it? Only words etched into metal. Uh, I write. Trusted? I write these. I write these words in steel. For anything not set in metal cannot be trusted. Yes. Thank you. I write all the epigraphs down now. I I um, actually uh went through and wrote down all of the epigraphs after last uh session and just did that for all the chapters ahead of time. And oh my god, this guy rambles. This is... I want I want like a a mini bible of like epigraphs. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway, so we'll jump into the chapter. Uh so Vin is jumping away from uh, the coin that was shot at her, because uh, as we left chapter mm-hmm. one, uh, we had, I think she was getting attacked and she thought it was from the Watcher. Uh, so she tells Ori Sir to go, although he's already... Hmm? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> uh, although he's already running off to an alleyway. She burns steel and sees more coins shooting towards her after a moment as she deflects them by pushing them away. A group of eight men then appear in the mist. Assassins, not the Watcher. Uh, so Vin's pouch of coins is pushed away from her, and she notes that two of the men also have coin pouches, although she doesn't push them away from them in case she needs, uh, their coins later. Vin also notes these men are likely here to kill Elend, the king of the central dominance, and the man she loves. Of the eight men, Vin determines four to be thugs, two to be coin shots, one to be a lurcher, and the last one to be a smoker. So, what, what were your initial thoughts on this group of eight? Like, how they're, like, the misting group is comprised? I didn't know that was... Okay, so... I mean, we obviously know other things afterwards, but um, I don't remember what my thoughts were. No, you guys didn't really have um, thoughts on that. 
Well, I don't remember. I, I, I'm sure I did, but I don't remember what they were. Is the mm-hmm. problem. My thoughts were like, oh, they're trying to kill him. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just find it interesting well, sometimes how like the misting group, like the little misting assassin groups are kind of comprised. Like how they kind of pair them up together. Oh, yeah. Them. I mean, it's definitely strategic. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's good to have the group, you know, in that order that you have. You're like chess pieces. I mean, I, I think I found it more entertaining because, like, before we get, like, the crucial uh, thing later, like, I liked that the Lurcher had a shield so that when he pulled things, he could just deflect them off of a wooden shield. Mm-hmm. That was really ingenious, in my opinion. Like, I could imagine that. Like, it was such a cool idea. Um, yeah, and disregarding really, what we learn about yeah. the one coin shot later, I, I always find it yeah. interesting how they're just like, okay, well, we're against one Mistborn, and we only have Mistings, uh, supposedly. So mm-hmm. they're like, okay, we're going to have four thugs to do the main work. We've got these two coin shots to try mm-hmm. and like, get her from the sides. And, and we got a lurcher lurch. and a smoker. Yeah, so then we got a lurcher for, like, if she tries to throw coins, he can kind of, like, deflect pull them, them mm-hmm. and pull mm-hmm. them to him with his wooden shield. And then there's the smoker, yeah, to, like, hide uh, when they're coming. But also, mm-hmm. like, we, we learn that, like, which, she's also kind of a decoy for the Mistborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which didn't work for Vin anyways, the whole, like, well, whole hide in the smoker. It technically worked against her. Was no, 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 I meant the, the smoker, like, he, the, the whole object of having the smoker there would be so that they could sneak up there without anybody oh, noticing. Oh, yeah, she you know, can And she can see, clothes. like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, in all honesty, like, the whole Mistborn thing was just... Very ingenious. Yeah, no, even, I think even, really cool. even with the fact that when he went down, and I'm like, okay, she's just fucking killing these people one by one, and then it's like later, oh, he's not down. I'm like, that was pretty cool. Yeah, because he likely burned pewter yeah. to stop from mm-hmm. being super damaged. It's yep. pretty cool. That's, it's definitely an ingenious way of you know setting everything up. Mm-hmm. But I do remember. I do remember, even before we got the information, thinking to myself that it uh, they did they weren't there due to uh, Ellen's father. Oh, you you did think that ahead of time. Yeah, I I did think I didn't know where they would be from, but I just I had a feeling like the way that they were fighting and like the ingenious of, like stuff that they did, it seemed almost as if they knew she was there, and it was like they were targeting her first. Mm. And so I was like, I feel like. The father, while he's probably somewhat smart, isn't that smart? Like I feel like he would have just been like, yeah, he would have just been like, oh, go kill my son. Yeah. You know, and not really set him up for the whole like you're gonna fight a misborn thing. Uh, who killed the Lord Ruler? That's the other thing that I thought was really crazy. The fact that this woman supposedly single-handedly killed the Lord Ruler. Yeah. And and you're like gonna just go fight her like. Mm. Like, kind of weird in there. <laughs> well, even that, though, like, I mean, like, they don't know, obviously, the whole thing that, you know, because we do, because we get to see through her eyes. But, like, in my opinion, when she was, like, uh, fighting them, all I could think to myself before they started really going down one by one was that, like, you just, like, kind of fought these two Steel Inquisitors like, and you didn't even really fight them. You, like, distracted them. But so effectively, and these people should not be giving you problems. Yeah. Like, the way she was ingeniously doing that was crazy. And, like, then she just kind of seemed nerfed here. Well, like, I think that thing is, like, back. 
what Ellen says later is that she's kind of basically not been sleeping. She's been like constantly on edge, constantly mm-hmm. fighting off assassins for like a year. So I think it's more so that like she's just not at top shape at the moment. So why don't we just skip a year? Man, I want to know all the other shit that happened in between the year. You wanted to see all the government set up and everything? <laughs> yeah, I mean, not even the government set up, but like, you know, give us some information on some other shit. Like, I want to know about their relationship beforehand. We just jump into a relationship they got? <laughs> like, you get a whole, like, kiss scene, and then it's like, oh, well, uh, one year later. <laughs> I mean, I was more I was more surprised when we got a one year later time skip that, like, she wasn't pregnant or some shit. Oh, gosh. I'm like, God, just don't give me anything. <laughs> oh, yes, been the teen mother. I keep forgetting she's a teenager, to be honest. I think she's 18 now, because she was 17. Don't forget she's a teenager. Yeah. I thought she was 19, but okay. I think she's 18, because I'm pretty sure she had said at one point when they were talking about Spook last book, because I think during the part when Sage is like, oh, he's only a year younger than you, she's like, oh, he's 14. He's like, no, he turned 15 recently. Well, she's like, well, I just turned 17, so... Or something like that. I think, Or she was like, he's two years younger than me. Mm -hmm. Really? Because... I, I remember the part where uh, they talk about her age and uh, Ellen's age, and I'm just like, am I doing this math correctly? Because yeah, she was teasing him about his age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's four years older than her. Yeah. He said he was 23, I think. So, I don't know how math works, but yeah. They don't say in these chapters how old he is. They they just say that he's in his oh, early 20s. No, I'm pretty sure he said he was 23. I'm pretty sure he did, too. While she was seventeen, I don't think so. I'm like I'm like 90% sure he said he was 23. Well, I mean the official wikis. Uh, Wikipedia that... is not like no. Not Wikipedia, like the fans, I know, I know. like the copper minded stuff. Okay, but what, how how old did it say he was in the first book though? He was born <laughs> in exactly apparently 1000 FE. So what is? Oh yeah, that's so helpful, you know. Well, no, because I think it tells us at the start of the first book what year it is. I'm pretty sure I remember... Oh, yeah, so the oh, first book has a map saying the Final Empire 1021, so he's 21 in the first book. So he should be 22 in this book. So, looking at that same thing, what does it say Vin's birthday was? Oh, she's, it says she's five years younger than him. Mm. Four thousand and five. This is four in here. Maybe they are. Oh, she the was months. real young. So in yeah, she was sixteen. Uh huh. In the first book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I believe she turned seventeen, so she should be eighteen now, or just about to turn eighteen, depending if it's been exactly a year or not. So wait, if she turns seventeen in the first, the other book, right? Yeah. After like the top, I think there. Remember, there's like. Would that like mean that? Wait, wait. Would that skin? mean that that Ellen would have also went up though? Then so he would have been twenty-two. Yeah. So then, in this book, he would be 23, and she would be 18. Yeah, sounds like it. Which, technically, I was right. <laughs> but, uh, sounds like Ellen's a groomer. Oh my gosh. Anyways, so, where were we? Uh, so Vin... We were derailing, of course. Yes, so Vin jumps off of a coin, but one of the coin shots pushes it away, and Vin drops back down. She wants them to think that they have her trapped. The thugs begin to approach, and Vin then slices at one's thighs and was able to use coins shot at her by one of the coin shots to get out of the way of the thugs. Because her bag was gone. Yeah. 
Uh, more coins are then shot at her, and Vin pushes them at the thugs, but the lurcher pulls them to him and his wooden shield instead. Uh, Vin then moves to one, to the one coin shot who is down and kills him with obsidian blades before taking his coin pouch. Vin then uses the coin pouch, to, coin pouch to jump over the thugs and head towards the second coin shot. However, as she gets close, a coin shoots out and she pushes herself out of the way before realizing, uh, before realizing that it seemed to be aimed not at her, but the other coin shot. Both her and the other coin shot are confused, and Vin burns Tin to see the Watcher standing on top of a nearby building. What do you think of the Watcher shooting uh, a coin into this fight randomly? Why do you think they did that? I had a lot of theories on this, um, but something tells me it's like the return of Kelsier, or someone who's very uh, similar. Interesting. I thought he was just weird. I mean, he's definitely weird, but so is Kelsier. I was shooting with Tom Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, okay, you know what? Y'all do your own thing. Alright, so the thugs... Uh, did you have any other thoughts there, Darkness? No. The thugs then begin to attack, and Vin is only able to avoid two of the three hits. She is thrown into a door, but is able to clear her senses with tin. Vin then moves towards the coin shot again, pulling on his coin pouch. The thug protecting him holds onto the coin shot, but the pouch is tied to the coin shot's waist, and then flies at him and punches him so hard his neck snaps. Uh, which... Apparently it didn't actually snap, as we learn later. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, so Vin then turns on the thug and kicks him in the throat, killing him. The smoker then hits two pieces of wood together, which uh, makes like this weird noise, and it's super loud uh, to Vin's tin-enhanced ears. She then pushes the coins from the ground at the smoker, but the lurcher pulls them to his shield. Vin is able to get one coin behind the lurcher and pulls on it so it goes through the lurcher's back, killing him. Uh, suddenly, the Watcher pushes a coin through the Smoker's forehead, killing him and causing Vin to become confused. She extinguishes her copper and burns bronze to feel some someone besides the dead Smoker uh, is smoking the thugs. So, uh, mm -hmm. were you surprised when you learned one of the coin shots was secretly a Mistborn? I figured most of, like, well, I don't know, maybe not most, but, like, I figured uh, a lot of the like, assassination attempts or, like, the groups that go after them are going to have Mistborn in them, so... I mean, it just makes sense. If you're fighting a Mistborn, you need a Mistborn. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're trying to, you know, uh, reform a government, you know. <laughs> Especially when they're specifically nobles where, you know, Mistborn are most abundant. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So Vin then shouts for Orisar to go to the palace, which is apparently a code for him to throw a vial of Atium to her. Vin pulls it to her and sees the second coin shot, whom she had thought to be dead, get up from the ground. Then burns her ATM and sees that the fake coin shot is also burning ATM. The thugs are unaware, though, and keep charging at her. Uh, so what do you think about Orisar holding onto the ATM for Vin? You think that was smart? Um, I don't think so, personally, because I'm pretty sure they get paid in ATM, right? The contract? Yeah, but his contract's already been paid. Okay. I want to know how long this contract is, because I feel bad for this man. It's apparently a very long time, because... Yeah, I, I like 100% like... feel bad for him, because Vin treats this man like he is fucking dirt. Wor no, <laughs> worse than dirt. Also, like, if it was in Vin or, like, Ellen's point of view, they constantly call him an it. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, well, okay. It. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I it feel... definitely was annoying, but... Go ahead, Darkness. Sorry. He puts me on edge. <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> you don't like Ori, sir? No, I feel like... I feel like, give it the chance, it'll be instant betrayal. It'll be what material? Uh, instant betrayal. 
Oh. <laughs> you think, like, as soon as his contract's up, he's, like, instantly goes... Yeah, no, like, fuck you, you know? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm, betray- he's like, yeah I'm, I'm going with the contract, but the second the contract's up... <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, when you treat him like that, though... Like, I mean, even with the stuff that happens later, like, I just don't understand. Like, I get, I get that you're weirded out by this dude, and you don't like that, you know, you he know- eats people and all this shit. Yeah. But, like, you literally are treating him so badly. The mo- like, like I said, the moment that contract's up, I would feel no pity if he just fucking murdered them. You know? Like, I do feel oh I, I do feel bad about the way that he, that he's getting treated. Like I don't see like oh, like what's so wrong about fucking like you know his abilities and shit or like eating dead people. What are you gonna do? Put him in the fucking ground? <laughs> but like I still don't like him because he puts me on edge. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean I agree with you on that, Darkness. He puts me on edge too. Like I wouldn't trust him, right? Mm-hmm. But with that distrust, I also would not treat him like shit. I'd try to yeah. treat him good. Like, honestly, honestly, I would just try to keep him at a distance. Instead and that's of, what I don't like, understand. Like, technically, like, both his and her life are in his and her, like, they're, like, mutual trust sense, you know? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, like, even when here later, right, when now she's murdered all these people, and he goes, hey, can I eat one of those bodies? She's just like, no, you can't. And sure, she gives a slightly decent reason, I guess, but like of that, like we don't want to then their faces being seen. But like honestly, I don't feel like that would be that big of a deal. Like I feel like I she's making it worse just because yeah. she doesn't want to see him eat people. It's the fact that there's like that like hidden sense of like morality where like oh you know like that's a little disgusting. You're not gonna do that while I'm here. Uh-huh. Um. But, like, you literally, like, murdered them, so... Like, you don't have to watch. It's not, part- yeah. it's not like that's part of the Legitimately. deal. <laughs> Legitimately. I also thought of a really, like, weird idea for the Conjurer, because I kind of want to know if it would work. Mm. Um, and it kind of gets solidified later on, like, some things, like, that he can change some things. Like, he can make things uh, that wouldn't be in whatever the being he is. Um and so I'm wondering if, like, he ate all of them, if he could pretty much, like, craft himself a different body. Like, that wouldn't look anything like any of them. You know, like, I take the dude, this dude's, like, hair, and this dude's eyes, and this dude, you know, like, just mix and match some body parts and, like, you, you know, know what? Uh, form I a different... Like, I feel like even just, like, can you not just, like, eat part of them? Like part of their mm-hmm. like some of their bones to like replace the bones that you had. So you're because like one of her issues is like oh I don't want to keep like people are gonna talk if I keep changing stewards. But it's like can you not like keep well, the face point, and try but... to eat someone of similar height? Yeah, like good point. She makes a good point with that, and like she even makes a good point later when she forces him to do the one thing. But it's just like it's almost like you're telling this man he is like inherently evil and you don't like him and. What person deserves that? Like at all? It's not even that helped you. It's not even that hard to just be like, oh yeah, on in the midi, like like a mask, like put something on, like exactly. Put your hood up. You know, uh, it 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 makes me feel for this dude. And honestly, I liked Vin until this. So yeah, her. I mean, it seems like her biggest issue is that he like 
ate Kelsey. That he took, yeah, that he took Kelsey's body. That is literally her fucking issue, and that's what I hated. When she states that later, I was like, girl, get the fuck over it. (laughs) And it's not like it even was his choice, considering the fact that he was ordered to do it. Yeah, like, Kelsey was all for it. He's like, yeah, take my fucking body. Like, respect Kelsey's choices in death. In the next few chapters, we also find out, like, he had, like, if he's forced to, like, you know, like, if they command him, he has to do it regardless. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not any different than, like, people who, like, offer them up, themselves up to be organ donors. It's like, yes, use my body to do further good. <laughs> no, see, alright. I would be on Vin's side with this, right, if he was just walking around in Kelsier's body all the time. But this yeah, but man... switched bodies. <laughs> yeah, he literally came to people to show them, like... Kind of like I'm coming as your prophet, kind of idea, and then you—he didn't do it again. He stopped being Kelsier. So yeah, why? Yeah, he like, literally only did the one night of that for yeah. the rebellion, and it, then was like, okay, like, bye. <laughs> exactly, it, and it was to further Kelsier's already plan. Like, yeah, why? Like it was literally Kelsier's like instructions for him to do that. Like, that's what the exactly. nod was for—that he gave mm-hmm. uh, Renault. I'm pretty yep. sure. I was, yeah, I was just like. This is ridiculous. And then, like, the whole later they make the comment of, oh, well, I also didn't have a really good relationship with Renault. And I'm like, but, like, you didn't have this relationship with him. Like, I wonder, I wonder what would happen if he ate uh, the Lord Ruler's body. I mean, he just looked like the Lord Ruler, probably. Yeah, but, like, think about think how his life was reversing. Like, would it just, like, I think he turned to dust like... completely. I don't think there was any. Yeah, I was going to say, would he just die? <laughs> I think he would well, just become a I have, here, Here's the thing. I already have the assumption that the Lord Ruler's not dead, so I had that when we first, when we finished the book. I don't think that they killed the Lord Ruler. I think they stopped him, but I feel like uh, I feel like, so, like kind of like a lich with a phylactery. I feel like he's he's got some, he had some plan in case he were to perish that, mm. you know, he could come back somehow. You know? Um, a deal with a god, maybe. Like Hoyd. I don't. I don't or, know. I still. Ho- I'm still hoping because Hoyt's a, so, so far seems very neutral of a god. So, in my opinion, there should we be some good and bad gods. Yeah. We don't even know if he is a god. He's a fucking god. This man goes between fucking <laughs> he might universes. Just be a fucking traveler, bro. This man goes between universes, and he can change his look, and he can fucking do all these little things. Like, nah, this man's a god. There's no way. I can go. I can do all that and better. Really? So wait, you can you can become an old man to like completely different change, like younger of you. Yeah, you can't. He he no. was never an old man. Remember, it was noted that he, well, he made himself look like an old man, but he was very obviously not. He would he would go home and take off that fake beard, bro. Like yeah, he was. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He wasn't an old man in this book. I swear to God, when Kelsier met him, he was an old man. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's just pretending to be like. He's pre- I thought I thought he was pretending to be like uh, senile or whatever, but I didn't think he was pretending yeah, to be. Yeah, well, no, because just like in Warbreaker, uh, Siri notes that like he's pre- he's pretending to be older than he actually is. Yeah, like he has yeah, white yeah, hair, but he very that. he's very obviously like a younger man. And then uh, in uh, I'm pretty sure Hoyd is supposed to always technically look like he's in like his twenties or thirties. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Oh, okay. You know, that's where it said he was an old man at some point. So. I'm pretty. That's they, crazy. There, there's been that's... mentions that he's he tries to look like an old man. He he wears no, disguises. I swear to God, I swear to God, he said like Kelsier said he was an old man. But 
Maybe. He might have thought he was an old man, but like, he's, you know, pretend. the chapter that he's in and the original book again. Me. When I, when I, to be honest, when I first, like, well, throughout, like, all these things, mentions of Hoyd and all that, I was, like, in the beginning, when I first heard of Hoyd in the storytelling one, I was hella suspicious, suspicious about the way he looked. Because they're, like, oh, he's, like, younger. And, like, he's trying to appear old. I was like, how the fuck does he know Chapter these stories, right? 19. Says he pretends to have yeah. bad eyesight. His contact... Okay, so here it is. His contact sat in the doorway of a closed shop, puffing quietly on a pipe. Uh, Hoyd calmly put away the pipe, climbed to his feet, didn't make him much taller. He's a scrawny, bald man. Okay, wait, whoa, whoa. He's a scrawny, bald man now? He was scrawny and bald, apparently, when Kelsey but, heard him. But... But when Siri met him, he had fucking white hair or some shit? Yes. He shaved his hair. He shaved his head. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't know how this the Cosmere fucking uh, whatever fucking works, like the time frame kind of idea, but... That's true. This could be after or before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to see if there's any other description of him. I think it's just that he, like, pretends to have bad eyesight. And he coughs. He's pretending to be kind of be, like, sickly. Pretending to be sickly. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm still sticking with the fact that he's some kind of god. Yeah. There, there's, no, time, there's no description of his age here, just that he's bald and scrawny. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Like midnight. Yeah, I think he's oh, supposed I mean. to be seen as like a young-ish man, but he like generally wears like he generally like will like kind of change up his appearance a little bit each time. But I don't think it's anything like drastic. drastic. Mm-hmm. It's just like shaving his head or growing a beard. Wearing different clothing to make himself like appear to be of different social classes. I don't know. It just seemed like he changed a lot, but maybe I not. Want, I want him to pull up in one of these books like a fucking supermodel or some shit. <laughs> fucking full ripped ass muscles and just be like, "Hello, I'm here to help. I'm a fucking thug." But yeah, so te- that was also technically only the the second book that Hoyt appeared in because that was his second published Cosmere work. Because it was Elantris, then Mistborn, and then Warbreaker. So, wait, so this is the second time he supposedly appears in the Cosmere? Well, I don't know. I need to know what the, the actual timeline is, but for Brandon's writing, this is the second time okay, he's well, written Because well, that, that would make sense, because wasn't he, like, portraying a, like, whatever the fuck those things were called, where they were bald and fucking shit? Uh, yeah, he, so he, he, uh, is, in Elantris, he is a beggar, and then he wraps himself in bandages to try and, like, get Elantrian magic, but it doesn't work. The first book of Mistborn, he's, uh, an informant, and in Warbreaker, he is a storyteller. Okay, so it would make a little more sense then, because I felt like, I felt like he was whatever the fuck they were called, I don't know what the fuck they were called, the, the... Returned Gods? No, no the, uh, the, the zombie, the zombie the, people. Yeah, what are they called? Elantrian. Mm, yeah. No, no, the fucking what? When they're hurt, what are they called? No, they weren't hoed. Hoed. That's what I thought he was a hoed. Like uh, he that he, they thought he was a hoed kind of idea. No, I don't think they ever thought he was. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so Vin then kicks the sound sticks from the dead smoker into the air and smacks one thug twice with one, killing him. She also dodges attacks from the other thugs and quickly kills them with the staff of the thug she had first killed. The Mistborn then shoots coins at Oriser, but Vin ignores Oriser's cries of pain as she throws the staff at the Mistborn. 
Mistborn's ATM runs out, and Vin quickly kills him. Her own ATM then runs out, and she finds her adrenaline running out as she watches the Watcher jump off into the mist. Vin then goes over to Oriser and is surprised to see blood. Oriser snorts and says she probably didn't expect him to feel pain either, but Vin thinks that Oriser doesn't have a right to chastise her. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Um, does is there any more family members in the Venture family, like that we know of? Uh, as like, far as we're aware, uh, I don't. Know. There was wasn't there one that like he was away and that's why uh, Ellen was getting the throne kind of thing. No, you're thinking of Atlantis, where there was. I, like, is that what I'm thinking of? Okay. Where Rowden, they cut out Rowden having a brother coming back. So I'm thinking of, okay, so, okay, but, well, uh, I asked Alan the question. Helen seems to be I, an only I, child, and we have no okay. idea anything about his mom. Okay, so I had, I, the only reason I, I questioned that was because uh, his father is, like, very adamant about that. He doesn't want his son to succeed and all this bullshit. I think he says um, that he wished that Ellen was dead and that his nephew could take over instead. So Nephew, as as, okay, so I remember yeah. there being somebody else. Yeah, okay. sorry, I think there was a nephew. I knew he had somebody else he wanted to succeed, okay. Um, and then my next question is, I mean, we already kind of know Ellen doesn't seem to have any powers, or at least he hasn't shown any powers. Yeah, at, uh, at this have, point, I, you'd think he probably would have told Vin. Yeah, or no, <laughs> at this point, I feel like he would have awakened them already. Um, Snapped, yeah. Yeah, he, he definitely would have with the, what was going on. Uh, but, okay, so... But he I'm does have elementary in his family, so if he does have kids yeah. with Vin, they'll very, very I, high chance cons- just, that wait, they have Alamance. I mean, we don't have I just haven't seen his dad do anything, right? I just uh, his realized... dad is a ten eye. We we did get confirmation. Ten eye. Okay. Yes. Okay, so he's a ten eye. Right, I just ten. realized that there's a pretty high chance in this world, in this kingdom specifically, that Vin could be his sister. That Vin could be his no. what? No. 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 Darkness. I think that's pretty unlikely. Don't put that thoughts unlikely. in my head. Oh my god, don't put those thoughts in my head. Oh my god, no, because in all we know honesty, who her dad is, and we know her mom's a ska. Yes, but... Exactly. You his, think that his mom, his the mom Lord would, would, not, would not... Wait, but Midnight, go go down this path for a second, oh, right? Gosh. Yeah. They, they, they have, I'm, not, I'm not trying to go down the path of them being siblings, but the, the idea that it could be a th- thing is because, like, let's say his father, Lord Venture over here, doesn't uh, have sex with a ska woman, creates Ellen, and then raises his, him as a noble, you know, because we don't have his mother, you know, kind of idea, raises him as a as a noble, and he just lives his life as a noble. Like, it would kind of make sense on why he's so, like, uh, gun-ho on, gun-ho yeah. on fucking Ska. So yeah, we, we also do know that Straffenture has absolutely no issue killing Ska women that have been slept with, though. Considering he killed the woman that Ellen, the one Scott woman Ellen slept with. But in the same vein, in the same vein, though, didn't the other guy also say that he, you know, killed everyone and only one of them got away? Like, Mm -hmm. and not only that, but I don't even know what the time frame was for her mother, like pretending to be noble or whatever. But you know, yeah, like that's another thing I was gonna say because like they do pretend to be noble, and maybe you had sex, you had a child. She literally went through the whole term. You know, while she's pretending to be noble, and then you know, not noble Reen anymore. Was, do we know how much older Reen was? Because Reen would have known if they had another brother, depending on how much older he was. I don't. Reen is dead. He can't say shit regardless. No, so. well, no, but but I mean, I don't know. I don't. Okay, have but my nose, that's so. a serious idea because that is a high chance. <laughs> yeah, they. 
it doesn't mention how much older he is, just that he's older, I think. Weird. Anyway, we're gonna act like I didn't just Loki destroy a little bit of that, like, you know? <laughs> I, mean, I don't think there's any chance. Well, first off, first off, first off, Midnight has all the information, so we can't, like, make a theory and it come true, you know, unless it's actually true. Well, so. to be fair, with a, without a DNA test, we don't really know either. So. No, I mean, we have DNA tests. I mean, in exactly. all honesty, in all honesty, Midnight might actually know. Maybe his mother comes in or something, you know? I'm still, I'm still hoping that there's another venture child out there, or the nephew, or whatever, because this man is trying to take a city, and he might not be that old, but I don't think he needs to be. Oh yeah, we, we do get confirmation in the first book that Ellen at least grew up with his mom, because we get a quote huh? from Ellen in the book one that his mom uh, told him that it, it does gentlemen good to wait upon a lady's whims. So yeah. he at least had his mom for a good good part of his life. So it's very unlikely that she was, uh, she was. You're killed. telling me that Lord Venture wouldn't be able to get a substitute person as a mom. I guess that's true. She she could be a fake mom. Um, or or I mean, like, Are you maybe telling that's me where that? maybe that's where she ran away from whatever the <laughs> fuck the dude's name is. Well, I'm pretty uh, sure Vince. she would have been around longer than Ellen being four to have like Vin and everything. A- a- anyway, <laughs> Wait, we are going so far off tangent. It's been like half an hour. Uh-huh. We haven't even finished one I know, I know, and I want to be off real quick too. That's the worst part. We, we got, yeah, we gotta, we gotta keep going here. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so she, uh, she thanks Orisir for throwing her the vial, and he says it's his duty as per his contract. Orisir then mentions that multiple bones were broken, and he needs a new body. However, Vin does not want him eating one of the assassins. Uh, so did you feel bad for Orisir that he got, like, yes! pelted with coins and Vin didn't even bother to try and help him anyway? She just ignored it? Like I said, if this man ends up finishing his contract and backstabbing or fucking actually killing them, I would not feel bad. <laughs> oh my god, what if she goes on that fucking quest to the Well Obsession, comes back and she's like, oh my god, Ellen, my husband, or whatever, and it's actually It's him. actually him. Oh my yeah. gosh. God, I would love that, to be honest. No. I would just, I would love, that would be so anticlimactic, but so good. <laughs> uh, so Orisir then mentions that he can't kill anyone. It's also known that Orisir knows of Vin's disgust with him, eating people. Wait, and did Vin's it say why he couldn't kill people? Uh, I believe he says in his, that he's, he's, uh, cannot be commanded to kill people. Okay, but I thought he, I thought he said it was in his contract. Yeah, I think it's like in his contract or something. Yeah, okay, I, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, I don't remember exactly because I read this two days ago, uh, but um, the contract sure states, yeah, it says the contract states that I cannot be forced to kill men. So okay, so it is a kill clear thing. Yeah, he cannot be forced to kill men. Mm-hmm. So oh, it sounds like yeah, yeah. he's yeah, able but... to, he just cannot yeah, okay. be forced so, to. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so you're saying if there's female assassins that I'm <laughs> Uh, so, and apparently uh, Vin also knows of Orisar's anger at her prejudice against him. Uh, so Vin then asks if he can get back to the palace, which he says he can with time because he's so fucked up, and she's like, okay, and dismisses him. Uh, and then she also thinks that she had consumed her last beat of ATM and would be in trouble the next time a Mistborn appears to fight her. That's the end of chapter two. Yeah. Uh, so chapter three, uh, the epigraph is, my brethren ignore the rest of the facts. They cannot connect the other strange things that are happening. They are deaf to my objections and blind to my discoveries. So, what other strange oh, things do you think there. might be happening? 
Oh, the deepness, maybe? Tap, tap. Hello? I can hear you. Okay, good. Somebody can hear me. <laughs> I don't know what happened to darkness. Um, I'm here. Oh, somebody yelled at him. <laughs> yelled at me? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, I was thinking. I was, I was just thinking. Cause gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Could be... Con- it's because I don't know. I have it could be connected to what happens to that one um I think it's a ska or whatever with uh what's his name? Says, I think. Anyway, we'll get to um, that. We'll get to that. that reminded me that reminded me of something. So um because I'm listening to it as an audiobook, right? Mm-hmm. Uh and it could just be the way that this person talks. Uh since they've done these epigraphs, the same voice that they do for Says is the epigraph. So I thought it was funny because it's almost as if it's not says like I don't think it's obviously it's not says in the person, uh, but because um, we do find out the name of the person. Yeah, so but, he's he's um, we know he's a terraceman, so they probably do a similar voice yeah. because they're both. Well, terrorists. but I I like to think of it as if like the epigraphs are all being read to us by him. <laughs> like he's he's deciphering them and he's reading them and we hear him reading them. Like I mean, depend considering he had to decipher the old ones, this is probably written in a similarly yeah. old language that he would have to decipher. Yeah. <laughs> It just it just makes me hope that uh, Say stays alive for the rest of the whole series, <laughs> so I can hear him talking to me. Epigraphs. Yeah. Unlike Spook. I mean, I don't care if Spook dies. I hope he dies in like a fucking epic way. <laughs> I don't like want I said, to die anymore. Like I said, I have this like vivid theory. He's gonna lose something, a sense that the tin, and then it's everything's gonna get the like you know heightened. And I only say the I only say the eyes because. It's just the easiest thing to fucking take from somebody, a character, to be honest. I also uh, want to say Darkness just cursed Spook. He just said he doesn't want Spook to die. Fuck! <laughs> ah, why would you say that? You, <laughs> you know oh, you always God. curse them. <laughs> Wait, you Not because she knows! She knows! You don't want Spook to die? Yeah, he, he, when you were talking, he said he doesn't want Spook to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I feel like he's using reverse psychology on this book right now, so... <laughs> He's trying to keep Spook alive by saying he wants. Yeah. Him. No. No. He's he's trying to kill Spook by saying, "I hope he stays alive." Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, okay. I granted, granted. I feel like he may now like Spooks a little more because Spooks now doesn't talk as much in the other dialogue. But yeah, apparently he can just talk, he talks normally now. <laughs> kind of. I mean, all right. So. Like I said, I get an audiobook, so I get like the other part. And this dude that's reading this audiobook is phenomenal at doing character voices because he even is gets it the whole Kramer? like. Let me look. I'll look at you. Because I know that Michael Kramer does, uh, I think, all if not a majority of Brandon's newer books, and he's like, yep, it is, it is Michael Kramer. Okay, yeah. So he does the majority, did, if not he, all he of did, them, he, and yeah, people love him. He did. Yeah, he did the other one, but I in the very beginning I hated his. I did not like his voice. But I think it just kind of grew on me over time, mainly because yeah. he did different voices for all the characters too. Yeah, he but did like, all the wh- Stormlight books as well, and everyone says like they oh, love thank him. Thank God, thank God. Um, but he he has like the way he talks for Spooks is so, he it's so apparent the way he talks about it. Like well, he's, where he's yeah, he's using just using an accent. It's just he's yeah, used well, the actual. He has he has like this like uh like you can tell he's trying to say words but it's almost like hurting him to <laughs> say it in this order because i mean like it's supposed to be very weirdly put together like and they're not supposed to say certain names and shit and like he says a name and i'm like 
I love this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard I've heard people like on Reddit and stuff saying that like they love yeah, Michael Kramer's awesome. voicing for uh, all of Brandon's books. Yeah, like I said, the first book, like the beginning of it, it was very like monotone and boring, and I was like, oh, I got to listen to this the whole time. And then like I think I grew on me through the whole book, and now like it's it's great. I like it. Yeah, I don't know also how early in his career Michael Kramer was when he started doing Brandon's audiobooks. Like he might be have just gotten better with time as well. Can I look that up? Uh, I can look it what, up. What like what year did Michael Kramer start doing audiobooks for like any of the books, not just Miss Lord herself? But yeah, I can look that Michael up. Michael Kramer. Uh, oh damn, he's done like a fuck ton of books. He's been yeah, doing yeah, books but... since what 1994? It looks like. Damn. With his most recent ones being this year. Yes, man. Is. There's 17 pages of books on Audible from narrated by Michael Kramer. Damn. That's crazy. And like each page has like ten, I think, on it. Anyways, Maybe we're getting more. on a tangent again. <laughs> we keep getting off topic. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He did three hundred and thirty four books on Audible. Yeah, uh, that's all books. So right, <laughs> we start this chapter with Ellen's point of view as he thinks that he's probably read and learned more about politics and economics than uh, any other man in the in the Empire. However, he had not mm-hmm. anticipated how frustrating a parliamentary council would be. He goes to get himself some wine and then reconsiders it because he needs to finish the proposal he's writing about. Ella notes that half of the 24-person council wanted to surrender to Straff Venture while the other half wanted to attack now and they couldn't come to an agreement. However, Ellen was writing a proposal to stop the council from making a rash decision until he had at least spoken to his father directly. So, do you think Ellen's council is a good idea for his government or is it too much in a time of such turmoil? Do you think like he should have waited no, I definitely think the council's good, uh, and then I definitely am so happy that Ellen got the kingly seat, because, honestly, if they put fucking Vin in charge, she already would have fucking taken control of this, like, the fucking Lord Ruler. They put who in charge? If they put Vin in charge? I don't think Vin would have wanted to be in charge, I'm gonna no, be honest. But, 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 like, she's already made the comment, she makes comment later about the fact that, like, well, why don't you just force them to do it? And I'm like, bitch, did you just stop? This fucking type of person. Well, I think also she just... says that because she knows Ellen's a good person. She's like, I know he'll make the right decisions, so like, just just do it. You make the right decisions. Yeah, but decisions. you think <laughs> saying that uh, her viewpoint was like, <sighs> oh, why don't you just like force them? So yeah. like, if she were the one ruling, she would rule like the Lord Ruler. Yes. Again, I just don't think she would have ever well, agreed to rule that. <laughs> what? Like, okay, even, okay, even but if she's saying that, though, oh, God, we're going to get on a tangent here, but even though her saying that, right, like, the fact that she goes, oh, you're a good person, so, of course you could do it. Fucking good men get corrupt all the goddamn time. <laughs> this man just get corrupt with power. Also, I don't know about that way he's trying to run the government. Okay. Oh, you don't, you don't you think don't it's like good? The, the okay. I like the government. democracy. I like democracy. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is that, like, Loki, look at, um, uh, Warbreaker, right? I see. And I don't know, it just feels like there's a lot of corruption that could just sway things too easily. Uh, So Ellen can hear Vin walking on top of the roof, doing her nightly rounds. Apparently she had already told him of the assassins, and he wonders if telling the council about it would make them more or less likely to want to surrender to Straft Rencher. He also wonders if the Lord Ruler had been right to keep all the power to one person as it kept the country stable. However, he wasn't immortal like the Lord Ruler had been. Ellen hopes that he can create a stable government, but thinks that they'll have to survive the next few months first. Uh, we then switch to Vin's point of view as she thinks about how she had killed the Lord Ruler, but she had been lucky enough to be able to exploit his trick and not heroic like others said. 
Apparently dozens of warlords now squabbled over land, but only Straff had decided to try to march on Luthadel. Uh, Vin wonders what Straff will do now that Vin has killed his assassins. Because at this point she still thinks that they were his. Uh, Vin quickly checks on Ellen, but he's still writing at his desk. She notes that Ellen is four years older than her, and that he's changed little since becoming king. She notes that he's the best person she has met, and that somehow he somehow loves her, which she finds more amazing than the fact that she had a part in the Lord Ruler's death. Because she still has absolutely no self-confidence in herself. Mm -hmm. I'll be right back. You can keep going. I'm watching you on my phone, so... Okay. Uh, Vin worries about how far she is stretched, and that the Watcher could have killed Ellen while she was fighting the assassins if he had wanted to. She also worries that they somehow defend Luthadel against Straff, others will come to fight them. So... Why do you think the Watcher didn't go kill Ellen while Vin was busy? Because that's not his goal. What do you think his goal is his, then? His goal is to obviously, like, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> his goal is to watch. That's why they call him the Watcher. I mean, that's what Vin calls him. <laughs> you know? Uh, I don't know. I don't feel like he's hostile towards me. Okay, I think he is. I, I definitely think he's hostile towards them. I think he's waiting. What do you think he's waiting for? Uh, I don't know. I feel like he's trying to get Vin, make Finn stronger in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I don't know why. I, I, have, I have theories on why, um, but like they go into like power dynamics that I don't. We don't have like a commit like a committed idea that this exists, but like. <laughs> Uh, defeating Mistborns might, you know, make you in some way stronger. Kind of like a battle. Oh, when you're in a battle, you, you know, a hard-fought battle, you come out stronger than you were before. Mm. Um, and I think he, sh if that's true, then you know he would be trying to hone her to be stronger. Um, and the other idea I had was that if um, I still think he's honing, trying to make her stronger um, and protecting her in some, you know, some way to. Till she gets stronger, uh, but that he has some investment in either her or uh, Ellen, uh, like to do so. Like he wants to keep both or one of them safe, and to do so, you keep uh, the person who is obviously the best bodyguard for him safe. So, mm -hmm. I I just had another thought. What if she he's watching, waiting to see if Ben can do that misting again? Hmm. Mm. That's possible too. Yeah, I didn't even think what about he's that. like, oh my god, it's for real. Like, you know, let me like train her in that shit or something. Well, I mean, he hasn't shown that he can do it though. Well, he hasn't shown much. I mean, he showed some powers, but yeah. We know he's a Mistborn. Yeah, 100%. All we know is he's a Mistborn. He seems to have been around for a while based on Vin knowing about him and keeping an eye out for him constantly. Uh, do you think he's working for anyone or do you think he's just by himself? I think that he's by himself. At the current moment? Probably by himself. Obviously, but the, way, but the but the way you ask that question kind of yeah. makes me try to figure <laughs> out how he could no. be working for somebody else. No, but like we know he's working for Ellen. That he's trying to secretly assassinate Vin. He's... What? But <laughs> like, where the fuck did this come from? Yeah, chat. Where the fuck did that come from? He actually is in love with Ellen, and he wants to take out his competition. Honestly. <laughs> Alright, uh, so Vin then burns bronze to check for Alamancers around, as unlike others, she can pierce copper clouds. Marsh has also confirmed that Inquisitors could pierce copper clouds, and she was sure the Lord Ruler had been able to as well. Vin also thinks about how she had somehow been able to burn the mist like metal when she had been fighting the Lord Ruler, and she hadn't been able to repeat it. Uh, so do you have any thoughts on Vin 
uh, mentioning how she could burn the mist like metal. Because we knew that she drew upon them, but like she specifically kind of like gets a little more detail here where she's like, I literally like burned them, like they filled my allomantic reserves. I still think it comes from that one lake. Mm, the metal, the metal-looking lake. Yeah, because if that like low-key evaporates or some shit, it makes the mist or whatever, or some shit mm-hmm. happens. So then it's metal in the sky. Yeah. Yeah, and that like, makes sense. He's able to burn it, so you know. <laughs> Alright, so Finn. I mean, I agree, I agree, yeah. but it also kind of goes with the whole idea that I had about uh, when they use their alamancy, it creates the mist. Yeah, you, you've got that theory. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... yeah, but if they use their alamancy and it creates the mist, mm-hmm. why would they be able to use it again? Because it still has the metal residue that they're burning in the so sky. So they could just forever do it if they could harness it. Yeah, that's. That'd be insane, right? right? Could you imagine how strong somebody could be for that? That'd be pretty, pretty sweet. Uh, so <laughs> Finn then thinks of Kelsier and that he should have been able, uh, he should have been here to help. That he should have been able to not die to defeat the Lord Ruler. And she then suddenly feels someone burning metals while in a copper cloud. Uh, she somehow can't figure out what metals they are being burned, and she sees something made of mist. It lacked solid form, but the form was persistent, and it felt wrong to Vin. Mist figure steps forward and Vin instantly shoots coins at it, but they just go right through the mist figure. The figure stops and then puffs away. What did you think of this mist figure? Uh, I remember thinking that I think it's another power of mistborns, or not of mistborns, but of uh, alamancers. Some another metal. One of my hopefully sixteen um, mm-hmm. metals. Yeah. I when I thought of that, I instantly thought of Mythic's uh, theory where like there's a there's a metal that could turn you into a mist wraith or whatever, right? Hmm. And then I was like, okay, what if, like, that metal is, like, the one that turns you into, like, you know, misborn? And, you know, I was yes. like... Yes, I, I, I 100% think there are two metals out there. One that takes away Alamancy, and one that gives Alamancy. I don't know what the metals are. I don't even have them on my... I have the powers on my list. I don't... I haven't put them to a metal yet. But like, We know what takes Alamancy. Right? Yeah, we know one that like removed all the alamancy out of her body or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, like it's rid of all of the metals within her mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah, which removes alamancy in some some way, I guess. Um, but like, I just I feel like the reverse of it would be giving alamancy, so the give and take part of it. So you know, here's the, the thing. Now that you guys clarified it, I've been thinking about it. Like, it took it away when it just drained her reserves. Yeah, so it basically so, just like some it basically somehow just like burns away the metals within her without like giving her the abilities. So if that's the case, and like, would it have to be an alloy of whatever that is in order well, to? Uh, let's get let's get into this when we get to that part. No, uh, I, <laughs> wait, we're we're getting to that part. Later. Yeah, well, she's. Uh... Oh, so there is a metal that gives alamancy. Okay. Well, no, I'm saying we're gonna get to mentions of aluminum. Later in this, yeah, an alloy of oh, aluminum yeah. is what they talk about. <laughs> Which, I mean, I looked up is not an actual metal, but sure. It is. Uh, okay. I looked it up, too. It's not on the periodic table. No, it's an alloy. But it... It wouldn't be on okay, the periodic yeah. table if it's true, an alloy. True, true, true. And every one of my metals is on the periodic table, so yeah. Mm. Okay. All I'm doing it off the periodic table. Oh, shit. I need to, I, I need to make my map. I think vinegar. <laughs> Only the oh base God. metals would be on the periodic table. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh. 
anyways, so I wanted to ask one more thing about the misfigure, which is, do you recognize the misfigure from anywhere? Was there a description? <laughs> a figure made of mist. Who else has talked about a figure made of mist? We're supposed to remember something, huh? Um, One second. Yeah, I it's totally remember. It's, it's it's literally there, and I can't think. Fuck. If we say no, you're not going to tell us, right? I'll, I'll mention it. You're going to you say it? Know. It was it was it was in the okay. first book. It's, it was it early in the Ooh, first book? Warbreaker? It's in an, it's no, it's in the no the first book. The first oh, first book. oh, first book of Mistborn. Okay, I was like, yeah. what was was it early in the first book? It was in the epigraphs. Oh, well, that's probably why I don't remember. But okay, was it the, the thing watching him? Yeah, so there's a, a creature made of mist that's watching the person yeah. who is supposed to be the hero of ages, and it at one point stabs Assist the guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember now. It was like assisting him. Yeah, it was like following him, and he was like really concerned about it. It was like following them and watching him at night, and then stabs the guy at one point. So she's the new hero of ages. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. We already knew that though. Yeah, like we've already made that theory. And I'm I mean, sure. I think no, no, guys. The deepness of the <laughs> deepness following Midnight. her. Yeah. Midnight. Do you do you guys think this is related to the deepness, or do you think it's something else? I think I, every I think everything is related to the deepness. So. <laughs> I don't think this is related to the deepness. I think this is related more to like it's because I don't no. I think this is more related to like the well ascension and the quest rather than deepness itself. Right. Uh. So we go back to Ellen's point of view as he finishes his proposal. He then glances over at a letter which had been sent from his father, stating that he had secured the northern dominance and that Ellen could hand over Luthadel to him now. What did you think about that? That Straff Ventures just like, oh yes, I have done this, Wait, you can I'm stop like overseeing Luthadel for me. Yeah, it, it sounds a lot like him, honestly. Oh, I found it, I know you found it funny, because like, he, he expects nothing of him, like... <laughs> well, he expected Ellen to die, and then the Lord Ruler died instead, so he's like, oh, that's... Okay, I guess I'm just gonna come take back Luthadel because my son's incompetent. Well, first off, first off, first off, first off, right? If I was, if I was uh, Ellen, I'd literally go to my father and be like, "Hey, first off, you left, you ran, I stayed. It's mine. Go fuck yourself." Like, brah, you left me here thinking I was going to die. You told me I could have the keep. Like he literally was told, yeah. "Like, oh yeah, you go ahead, stay here, have it." So, <laughs> you cannot just come back and take it, alright? Okay, by the end of this book, or by the end of this podcast, I'm going to have what I think is all 16 medals. Alright. And and allies. <laughs> okay, because now I found an ally list, and I'm going to go through them. <laughs> all right. mm -hmm. uh, so, Vin then drops in from the skylight, and Ellen notes that he leaves the balcony open for a reason, which Vin just replies that she knows. She's like, nah, I'm not going to use the balcony, I don't care if you leave it open for me. Uh, and then quickly checks Ellen's room, and Ellen watches with fondness. As, uh, as Vin glances towards him, he notes that he loves her, not despite her oddities, but because of them. Although she does sometimes worry him. Vin mentions that the Watcher is back, but she doesn't think he'll come for Ellen tonight. He notes that as someone who grew up on the streets, Vin trusts her instincts, and Ellen found himself trusting them as well. He then notices something else is off and asks about it. Vin mentions the mist figure, and Ellen says she is pushing herself too hard. Ellen holds her, and after a moment, she relaxes. Ellen then notes that sometimes Vin holds him with a frightened desperation. He also thinks about the fact that they haven't spoken on the fact that he proposed, and Vin had rejected it. What do you think about Vin rejecting uh, Ellen's proposal? Good on you, girl. <laughs> um, she's, uh, she's terrified of being queen, you know? <laughs> uh, so they kiss, and oh. then... 
I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I know I do this a lot, but like, uh, that also, I, I mean, it kind of sol- gets solidified Loki when she goes to that marketplace. Hmm. So yeah, so you think it's more of a just like she's she's the like whole lack of self, uh, not wanting to be like seen Con- and like lack of yeah, confidence and everything. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because apparently she hasn't and told Ellen why. Yeah, and he's gonna be when he finds out and realizes he's gonna be like you, you um, less smart girl, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it a little more roughly. Yeah, no, I know, you know what you were going to say. <laughs> uh, so they kiss, and then Vin mentions that she used the last bead of ATM tonight. Apparently the only ATM they had found was the small amount that was a part of the Lord Ruler's bracers, and they had sold those for supplies for the city. Ellen then goes back to his proposal, and Vin asks about it, which Ellen explains that it's a revision, and that he just uh, he can't just force the council to accept it even though he's king. Ellen then suggests that Vin should sleep, and she decides to curl up on the rug next to him. Uh, so apparently he's like, you could just go to bed. And she's like, no, 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 no. What if someone comes to try and assassinate you? Which is funny because then somebody doesn't come to try to assassinate him, but somebody does come in with some pretty crucial information. Yeah. So and she's just like, hi there. Yeah, she like perks up and then she's like, oh, it's someone I know and relaxes. It's like a mm-hmm. fucking dog, bro. Like... She's like a dog. She's a guard dog. With a guard dog. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, which is ironic, because, you know. Uh, so Ham knocks on the door and pokes his head in. Apparently Ham had agreed to be captain of the guard if he didn't have to wear a uniform, because, as we know, Ham hates, uh, sleeves. He refuses to wear sleeves. Um, Ham states that the assassins weren't from Ellen's father, but they were Westerners. He mentions that a man named Ashweather Set had set himself up as the king of the Western dominance, and that the assassins were probably from him. So what did you think about the fact that people other than Straff are now sending assassins after Ellen, or at least into the city? They think it's weak. Like, yeah, hundred percent. That's I mean, yeah, it makes hundred percent sense. Yeah, it makes sense because, like, you know, the person that they were obviously afraid of is no longer there. So you're gonna go try to take it mm-hmm. to see if the next person who succeeds them is as you know terrifying. And obviously, they're gonna find out they're not. So I mean, they did murder. They did murder your entire group, but. Yeah. Uh, so Ham then says that at least they aren't from Ellen's dad, but Ellen says his father has likely only not sent assassins because he doesn't think Ellen is worth it. Uh, Ellen then mentions how desperate things are, and Ham jokes that they are at least not facing an immortal god and his all-powerful priests. Ellen chuckles, and they both say, yeah. right. <laughs> at least they're not there. Uh, and then chapter four's epigraph is, perhaps they are right, perhaps I am mad or jealous or simply daft. My name is Quan, philosopher, scholar, traitor. I'm the one who discovered Alendi, and I'm the one who first proclaimed him to be the Hero of Ages. I'm the one who started all this. So we finally learn who the original Hero of Ages name was supposed to be, which is Alendi, and it took so much effort for me not to accidentally say his name during the whole first book. <laughs> I kept wanting to say, oh, Alendi this, Alendi that. I'm gonna call them Juan and, uh, like, Alan or something. Alan? <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, were you, are you excited that you're going to get Quan's view on Alendi's journey as the hero, uh, Alendi's journey as the hero of ages, and learn more about the times pre-ascension? Mm. Well, Quan's writing obviously like it, like it's a big deal, and I have a feeling that Alan is not dead yet. So, Alendi, Alan, <laughs> it's like Ellen, but like you know, prehistoric. Uh, huh. What are your thoughts? What are these chat? I was gonna say, what if what if he's chatting like the well of ascension or some shit? Interesting. I think something else is trapped there. I well, think we... the Lord Ruler is trapped there. Well, we... Ra- Rashik apparently may have.
killed Alendi, so. No. He well, or, and say, I don't think anything's stated concrete that he's dead. It's just said. That's why I said uh, may have. But, yeah. yeah. So, locked his ass away. Um, quick question. Rioting and soothing, hmm. right? Which one's push and which one's pull? Uh, I believe soothing pulling is, push, is right? rioting. Double yeah, check. that makes sense. Okay, all right. I got it right. Okay, I just want to make sure. I'm just double Thank checking you. here. You shouldn't have to double check. You should know these things. You see, this is why you can't put women in charge. Oh ah! my god! <laughs> I mean, he, he did. He did say he. He did say he was gonna do it. Don't come at me. I'm all for equal rights. You know? Yeah, I think rioting is pulling. Okay. Thank you. Yep. I'm just putting all my powers in real quick because I made a new table again. <laughs> Uh, so we have a sazed point of view, which is fun. Uh, he's examining a dead body, and he asks about the man's death, and a leathery-skinned man says, uh, that this guy had suddenly stiffened, fell to the ground, and, like, wiggled about, and then was dead. Sazed searches within his medical copper mind and notes that there are some illnesses that cause death like that, but they rarely happen suddenly like this. Sazed, uh, has the man, named Tyr, repeat what exactly happened again. Chair mentions how the dead man, Jed, had apparently uh, been working the fields as he'd obviously realized that, with or without lords, they would need food for the winter. It was morning, but the mists were out, causing Tur to stop. But, uh, before he could call out, the mists swirled around Jed, and he fell and died, as previously explained. So what did you think of the death of this farmer, Jed? That is the deep mist. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which is the mist! Do you think the mist the I, I think... It's two separate things here. So you think the mists at night are different than the mists during the day? Something like that, yeah. I don't know. I have some theories, and they need a little bit more working on, because I don't have enough information, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> you know, I wonder why we don't have any information. Because the podcast is getting think? led by a woman. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, I, set, I set it up for that. Thank you. <laughs> I need to stop before I get cancelled. <laughs> uh, real quick. So I have it. I think I have it on here. What was? It? Have we even? We haven't figured it out yet. We haven't, we haven't gotten to the chapter. Never mind. We'll get to that part. Okay. Bed. Okay. Uh, did you have any thoughts though about the death? The thing to be Wait, Oh yeah. Christmas? No, it's the deepness. It's the deepness. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think. Well, first off, first off, first off, first off. I think it's not going to just kill people. I think it's going to like infect people. And mm, this person was. This person was just not strong enough for him to do that. Mm. So it's yeah. Like, Testing, it's testing I'm... it out. Yeah, yeah, it's testing it out until it can find somebody who can like withstand the mist, and then it's gonna yeah do its fucking thing. Poor Jed. Whatever it is. I mean, I'll... the man wasn't strong enough. I want to get that random character POV again, bro. I want to see who it is this time. <laughs> Usually, they happen closer to the end of the book, so you'll have to wait a bit. Yeah. Uh, so Sazen notes that he had his own experience with mist during the day a few weeks ago. He then asks for a shovel. Says digs the grave by himself and then rolls the body inside before searching his religion copper mind for a suitable theology. He pulls out the memories of the Hada, a southern religion that had an agricultural deity. He breaks a long branch off a shrub nearby and drives it into the dirt next to the corpse's head before beginning to fill in the grave. Says thinks about how depressed and chaotic things have been since the Lord Ruler's passing and wonders if things will get better for these people as he had hoped. However, halfway through filling the grave, some of the peasants begin helping, and he finds himself feeling more hopeful. So do you think there's hope for the Ska? Do you think they'll be able to get through this chaotic time? 
Yeah, I hope so. No, the scar shall all fall. Anyways, um, Man, I was, uh, I was, um, just thinking, what if like the religion and stuff have like hell of a lot more impact than what we think it does? Hmm. What sort of impact do you think they'll have? Like, what if it's like, I don't know. It's like difficult because we know that there is some quote-unquote prophecy so there's like some power that actually you know was able to predict stuff or whatever so i guess whatever religion they had would technically be seen as right and then it's it's there's (laughs) there's so many things i need to like think through before i even mention how i think this affects stuff but like (laughs) mainly how i think about this is like all those beliefs like that all those religions that uh, says has accumulated, like at some point, were believed hardcore, and like it actually, like you know how Kelsier did his thing where like oh he created his own religion for like a bit or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like most of those are like that. Like instead of like baseless beliefs on like a non-physical god, because it seems to it seems to that people like believe that strongly in that if there's like physical proof like the lord ruler and tells you so like yeah i feel like there was a lot of that throughout this whole world yeah like this this specifically you know world interesting so tour then asks what about what says had done and he explains it was an old religious ceremony and asked that they'd like to know about it however instead a woman asked when the lord ruler is returning and why he had abandoned them says suggests it was time for a change Says then thinks for a moment that the religions he had memorized aren't of interest to the people, but he thinks he can't blame them when all this is happening. He instead mentions that he has more practical things he can teach them. And that is the end of Says' short chapter. That part, Loki, like, made me sad. I know, like, he worked so Seiz, hard like, to remember yeah. all these religions, and then he's like, wow, no and one no cares. One cares. <laughs> yeah. I would have cared, to be honest, but <laughs> I would. I like religion, so. I, I would hire him to story tell me. I would have found it interesting just because, like, it teaches you a lot more about, like, things about the past. Like, I feel like if, like, all mm-hmm. of this history had been, like, like, basically, like, not talked about because of the Lord Ruler, like, he basically hid history from everyone besides, like, what he supposedly did for them, um, then, like, I'd be, like, I'm really curious in history, not so much religion, but, like, the only history you're going to get is from these religions. So I'd be, like, I want to know what they did, what their cultures were like before all this. Yeah, and if it was, like, common knowledge, it would have been way harder to keep everyone in check. Oh, yeah, he definitely, like, suppressed it and probably burned books and all sorts of shit. <laughs> uh, so, chapter five, uh, our epigraph is, I am the one who betrayed him, for I know now that he must never be allowed to complete his quest. So, why do you think Quan didn't want Alendi to complete his quest? Wait, Quan didn't want Alendi to complete his so, quest? So, here... I was considering, like, what if he was, like, grasping for that uh, hope that I was talking about where everyone was, like, justifying stuff. And then he realized, like, oh, everything around him is kind of fucking up, like, you know, people are dying. He was like, oh, you know what? I need to, like, stop this because I was wrong. This is not the Hero of Ages. And it's actually been, you know, but, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, Mythic, remember, we learned from the previous book that uh, Quan apparently found Alendi, uh, called him the Hero of Ages, and then, like, he turned his back on Alendi. He was like, no, actually, he's not the hero anymore. But by that point, all of the other people were like, oh, yes, he is. So they didn't believe him. So he's saying that 
uh, in this epigraph, he says, I'm the one who betrayed him, for I now know that he must never be allowed to complete his quest. Do you think, uh, I mean, was he murdered or something? Juan? Yeah. Um, no, Alendi states that he should have killed, like, Quan, like, people thought he should have, but he didn't, but that if he ever saw Quan again, he might, was all we know. Like, he could be killed, and he could have been killed in other ways, we don't know what happened to Quan yet, but we all we know is he was alive last time Alendi saw him. Sorry. <laughs> uh, was there a question? I'm sorry. Was well, yeah, question? so, Mythic, uh, the, my question had been that Darkness had already answered is, why do you think Quan didn't want Alendi to complete his quest of going to because... the well and... I mean, it kind of goes with the thing that I thought uh, in general that he's trapped in there. But I'm thinking that maybe the to in order to defeat the deepness, you kind of have to like you know allow it to take you. I guess because mm-hmm. I'm going on the theory, obviously, of like you know the mist is encompassing a body; it has to be strong enough to hold it, and then like you know it tries to take control, and so like uh, kind of like what in fiction uh werewolves would do to themselves where they would lock themselves up and then before they shifted he locked he had had to be the one to lock himself over and then like allow it into him so that it would be stuck in him forever kind of idea Mm. is my thought but so my second question to this is considering kwan thinks elendi should uh should never be allowed to complete his quest do you think the world could have somehow been worse off with elendi as the one who ascended instead of rashuk or do you think Quan was wrong? I think uh, he was right because he was seeing him get like too corrupted for the cause. Yeah, I kind of agree on that. So we go back to Vin's point of view for this I mean, chapter. We, so the only reason what I was going to say was that uh, the only reason I think that it's it's not that like he thought like when Rashak would take it and then you know like it would he thought it would be worse is because if it was Vin wouldn't have wouldn't be the person that we think she is um you know the new chosen one yeah Um, and we all we all know like vin's little self-conscious self is not gonna be like oh like i can do like all this (laughs) Mm -hmm. for myself so we go back to vin's point of view for this chapter she's glancing around the marketplace feeling anxiety feeling the anxiety of the people she notes that many nobles and merchants had left in the past year but many ska had come to luthadel uh, because of the freedom that uh, Ellen had promised. Ellen had abolished the law of the Ska not being able to be merchants, and thus the street that had once been fancy tailor shops had evolved into a bustling bazaar. With Straff's army here, the bazaar was busier than ever, but had less street performers. Ellen had also barred the eight gates, and Vin wonders if anyone here regretted not leaving. Vin notes that Ellen's laws had been able to rid the streets of the poor, but had still or hadn't been able to rid the streets of the poor, but it still made life better for them as there were more people with money to give them handouts and also more people to steal from with less worry of being maimed for stealing. So do you think the changes, do you like the changes that are happening in Luthadel? Do you think it's like good for Luthadel, all these changes? I don't necessarily think they are better in all ways. I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of holes in the way he's trying to fix this and it's like not going well. <laughs> I, I just don't feel like it's as strong as he thinks it is. Well, he's also just kind of starting. It's fair. Because the thing is, like, kind of what Vin notes is that, like, people are doing better. Because, like, the Scar are able to actually make money for themselves. So, like, there's, like, different types of, like, people can be merchants and, like, they can own their own stuff. And, like, even the poor people are, like, doing well. Like, they, they're, they're still doing better than she did as a street urchin. Mm-hmm. They are, though, so, yeah. You think the changes are good, Mythic, or do you agree with Darkness? 
to oh, I think the changes of Ellen's rule are good. Yeah, it's like the changes that are happening yes. in Lucidal. Just like, do you think it's becoming yes. a better city? Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. I think it's slowly becoming a better city for sure. Yes. Uh, so Vin notices a ball gown shop and wonders if she is technically a noble now since she is with Ellen the king. As she stares at herself in the glass of the store, she notices her earring and thinks on her mother, her half brother, and her full sister who had been killed. So I don't remember if it had been like specifically stated before, but yeah, the the girl, the sister was definitely a full sister apparently. So this that that fucking obligator didn't have one but two kids with this woman <laughs> without killing her. Uh, she then turns. That doesn't away. shock me at all. To be honest. Yeah. Do you guys think that her sister would have been an Alamancer? Yes. If she had survived. I think she ate her sister. <laughs> she ate her sister. I mean, that would explain why she's stronger, you know. <laughs> Uh, so she then turns away from the gowns, thinking that Ellen doesn't need a noblewoman, but needs a misborn to protect him. She then goes towards the livestock pens, but notices a man following her. She tries to speed up, but he continues to follow, and eventually so do others. She eventually turns to face them, knowing that they are priests of the survivor. One of them falls to their knees and calls her, calls Vin Lady Air, and asks what they should do with the Lord Ruler dead. The woman then steps up and asks Vin to touch her child's head, which Vin reluctantly <laughs> does as she is backed up against the crowd now. They ask if she'll save them from the army, and Vin hurriedly leaves, glad that no one follows her. She knows she isn't invincible and wonders if they really think that she can take on the army herself. So what do you think about this, these Ska worshipping Vin like this? I thought it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think she, like, for her mentality and the way she was growing up, like, I understand. In my head, it's like she may have overreacted a little. I don't know. I feel like I would absolutely hate it as well if I was in her her place. That's because you're short. Wow. I'm just getting bullied so much today. Fuck. I mean, are you not? Is it not true though? <laughs> you are short, so. I mean, what do you think? But yeah. Like? <laughs> What's that? What, what do, do you, you think? think about the ska worshiping Vin like this? Well, I mean, they worshipped fucking Kelsey, and of course they're going to worship her. She fucking killed their god. Yeah, to be honest, like, did she not expect that? Like, yeah, like, they thought this man was a god, and then you come in here and kill him? Only is, gods kill gods. She is baiting the king. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I don't know. That part I don't give a fuck about, but you literally killed a god. You. <laughs> Yeah, but she seems to be overwhelmed by, like, all this attention, all, like, all this, like, this oh, stuff yeah. that's going on. Yeah. Like, you're dating the king. Like, the only way you're not going to get this is if you either, like, break up or, like, die, you know? <laughs> Ellen just needs to not be king anymore. Ellen is okay. going to die and leave her as the only queen. Anyway. Oh, wow. Uh, so after calming herself down, Ben eventually makes her way over to some pens and asks the man there for a wolfhound. The man says a woman doesn't need one and offers her a different type of dog called a bobby, but she insists she wants a wolfhound. Eventually, the man comes back with a docile-looking wolfhound that is apparently the runt of the litter. Vin huffs yeah, and makes... I, I just, I just love that this man came back, and he's like, "By the way, this is the runt of the litter." Like, here is the smallest, most docile wolfhound we have. Uh, I'm sorry, but I got upset because I really wanted her to keep that one. <laughs> I, I mean, when I find, when we find out what she does with it, I didn't. Like, yeah, uh, that's true. That wolfhound needs. A I thought she was gonna. I thought she was going to keep it as a little, you know, like... Could you imagine? Yeah, I, I thought she was going to keep it as a pet, too. But <laughs> could you imagine her just to walk over into it and just be like, BAM! Alright, I killed the runt. <laughs> it's like, like Jesus. 
Um, honestly? Honestly. <laughs> uh, so Vin Huffson makes her way over to the wolfhound pen and points out one that is chained to a post and seems like the meanest one. The man insists that he couldn't possibly sell it to Vin, but she goes into the cage, punches the dog in the head to knock it unconscious, and then asks for a leash. The man hands her a leash and she ties the dog's feet together before throwing the wolfhound over her shoulder. She then hands the merchant some coins and heads back to the palace. So, did you realize at first uh, why Vin wanted this wolfhound? Nope. Nope. Thought I, thought gonna be, I thought it was going to be like a little psychic sort of thing. I thought, okay, so I, I thought she was going to use it like, you know, uh, like a kind of like a, um, uh, a sense before somebody gets there, like they have a better keen sense. So mm. she was going to use it kind of idea because she's out of ATM. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> This made me had, hate her even more, so it's okay. I had two main, like, theories for that, which was, like, the little psychic sort of thing that I had going on, Rina. And then I also had the, uh, by the Ellen sort of sense. Is it not going to be she a psychic, though? Well, it is. <laughs> what would you call a lurcher, a coin shot, tin eye, and all that? Would that be, like, a title? Uh, yeah, that's, like, their... Give it, like, it's just, like, their... Yeah, like, their... The name for them? Which, you know, like, a nickname or a title? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just, I'm making my list. So, what's your what? What ATM ones be Sears? <laughs> mm, I mean, yeah, it's kind of hmm? like kind of makes sense to be honest. Sear, like for ATM? ATM. Yeah. I mean, we haven't gotten the name of it yet. At least I haven't put it down. We'll put it that way. We don't, yeah, we, we've never oh, met yeah. a misting who can burn ATM, and I believe that uh, in the first book they said that there's only. Mistings of the basic eight that they that know they of. know yeah mm-hmm. yeah but to be fair we don't know they didn't know shit about the, anything else but the eight <laughs> we don't, we don't so. know a lot of shit so yeah uh, so once back at the palace Vin tells Oriser that the wolfhound is his new body Oriser looks upset and reluctantly says he can use the beast's fur like he can use its bones as he can't imitate fur on his own. She says this works best, and she's been telling people she wants to get rid of Oriser for a while, and she can't keep replacing stewards. Instead, she can pretend Oriser is just a pet, so no one is suspicious. Oriser finally agrees, but says she will have to command him by his contract, which she does. And then Ben asks how long it'll take. Oriser says a normal body takes a few hours, but this will take longer because of the fur. Uh, before Vin leaves the room, she notices a package on her desk. Inside is a note from a man named Tarion who states he had sent her a promising metal named Duralumin. Vin notes that Tarion is an alimantic metallurgist, as she finds a pouch of powdered Duralumin and a bar of Duralumin under the Can note. Can you spell that for me, please? Because I, uh, D- I put D, but I couldn't remember what it was. D-U-R-A-L-U-M-I-N. Okay, thank you. Uh, right. Vin then asks Oriser about the package, and he says that she never commanded him to tell her about packages. Uh, so Vin notes that all of the previous aluminum alloys that they had tried had been duds, and she had been anxiously awaiting to try one that worked. So what do you think of Vin working to try and find new alimantic metals? Well, you know, I'm going to be honest. I didn't expect that, but, like, when he said the name of the, whatever it is, alloy, alloy metal, I don't know. Um, I figured, uh, you know, Yeah, but, like, I don't know what it is. It's an alloy, right? Yeah, alloy, alloy of aluminum. Okay. Yeah, so I figured that one's the one that's going to work, because, I mean, they, they gave it a name, like, straight Yeah, away, they gave it a so. name. Um, but they haven't said what aluminum by itself does, though, right? Or have they? They say, um, they it say does. after, it, it, later in this. I think yeah, it's okay, so later I, in this I, chapter I, or the next chapter, something like that. Okay. I think it's later in this chapter. I, was like, I don't remember it, but maybe I was, uh, yeah. Yeah, they do say what it does in this chapter. All right, so I'll see if I was right, then maybe I just accidentally put it down, right? Yeah. Well, we know uh, what it does. 
considering the last one, but yeah. The last book. We just don't have a name for which metal it is, but we see her burn it. Yeah, okay, so I was right then. All right, no. Yeah. So when the Inquisitor forces her to burn, that gets rid of all mm-hmm. the metals. Yeah, okay. Yep, removes Alamancy. Gotcha. Well, That's it just removes the reserves. Yeah. Oh, I just put removes Alamancy. It's easier that way because uh, I have another metal that I think gives Alamancy. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, where was I? So, Finn then goes to find Ellen in his study. Doxon is also there, and he'd apparently just come back from Terrace. Ellen says things almost fell apart without Doxon, which Doxon disagrees with. Finn notes that they are both pretending to like each other. Doxon then leaves after confirming with Ellen that there is a city defense meeting the next night. Finn says Doxon is a good man, and Ellen replies that it is hard to like someone who dislikes you. Um, so what do you think about Doxon and Ellen not really getting along? Uh, I mean, I don't know, I didn't see it. Like, I didn't, I didn't see the same thing that Ellen seems to think, so. I don't know why they don't get along, like. Yeah, well, I, so honestly, I think it's Ella just being paranoid. If you remember in the first book, Doxon is the one like Kelsier who's yeah. like mm-hmm. very Doesn't pro like nobles. kill nobles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I, I didn't see it when he said, "Oh, he doesn't like me." I'm like, um, but uh, okay, whatever. Yeah, I just don't see it the way that he says it. Yeah. Also, I I have a I have a new theory mainly because I kind of think I came up with my list of what I think the metals and alloys might be, um, and. Because ATM isn't an actual metal in real life, mm-hmm. uh, it's not in my 16. Do you think it's going to be like a separate outside of the 16? I, I don't know. Like, I don't know why it works. That's what I'm trying to, why I'm fucking stuck here. So <laughs> either, either ATM is by itself, is its own thing, it's not a special thing, or uh, there's 18 metals. But I, I have that blank for 18. I have an 18th box, but I, I have it blank because, I mean, I would I would assume it's an alloy or it's either an alloy or the base metal of whatever ATM is, you know, because I don't know which one ATM really is. In all honesty, it seems like it'd be the base, but I'm not 100%. Do we have a alloy that's more than two metals or two components? Yes. I yeah, do. there's a lot of alloys are mm-hmm. more than just Electrum, two Electrum is, yeah. I think Duralumin okay. technically is too. Mm-hmm. Which is, I, I when I looked it up, it's apparently made it from t- like you can make tinsel out of it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's also called what was uh, there's a different name for it too. I mm-hmm. don't remember. I think pewter also can be made with multiple metals. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole bunch of stuff that's like you'll have like the main like the main metal, a small percentage of like the uh, like an extra metal to make it an alloy, and then a whole bunch of like tiny percentages of like other stuff in it too. I'm like doing deep research on like alloys right now. No, I'm, I'm, well, I, I, I I literally did. Uh, I I looked up all of the base metals. Like I figured out all the base metals, kind of by the you know like not base metals, but like I looked up what what is uh, iron goes into steel, uh, like all that stuff. You know, like I looked those up, and then uh, I looked at aluminum, and I tried to figure out like what could go with aluminum, and then you know all that shit. That's pretty much how I just did this, and then I. Tried to pick ones that I thought were good, and I thought might go together well with each other. Uh, like uh, I think it's, I'm, I'm pretty sure I put it right. Uh, gold is the base metal, and then uh, electrum would be your alloy. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, you know, like that. Like I tried to put them together. I think. Yeah, and then like tins oh. of base metal and pewter is its mm-hmm. alloy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, and zinc and brass and copper and bronze. Yeah, and yeah. I think pewter also has lead in it, which is like another thing where mm. like which is why like they, yeah, they they can have I find it interesting. Metals. I find it interesting how they can like choose the percentage of what metals would make what alloys like, you know, the best. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy to me because like that's so fucking hard to me. Well, yeah, well, because the thing is, like, apparently, like, they had these metals already, because, like, it's mentioned by them later in this chapter that Tarion had apparently told Vin that there was 40 aluminum alloys that they knew of that yeah. they could try. Yeah. And so it was all about, like, I'm assuming as an alimentic metallurgist, he kind of has a scientific idea of what sort of percentages would make something alimentically uh, yeah. viable. Because, like, we don't get enough details on the science behind it to know if, like, say, like, maybe... All of the alloys have like ninety-five percent base metal, five percent other metal, or something. Like we don't know. Do you think titanium alloys are a thing here? Don't know. Uh, I do, I didn't put it on my list, but it was a thought. I just couldn't and, figure out. Like, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say we should probably keep going. I know. I'm trying not to get on tangents. <laughs> we keep getting on tangents this episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where was I? So yeah. So Vin and Ellen then kiss and cuddle on their chair. He's in, and Ellen mentions that Vin is wearing a new perfume, but she says it's just dog smell, which Ellen is relieved about, saying it hence sm- it hence smelled good at all. Uh, Vin explains to Ellen that she is making Oriser use a dog body, and he finds the idea brilliant. Ellen mentions to Vin that she needs to keep bringing Oriser with her, even though Vin doesn't like it, as he worries about her being alone out there. He also says he knows Vin doesn't like Oriser because he ate Kelsier, but he's a loyal servant, and Kelsier had told him to eat him after he died. Um, yeah. Yeah, you guys agree with Ellen that yes. he really be she making better to... use of Oriser? She needs to stop with her little petty bullshit-ass teenager fucking tantrum. <laughs> you agree, Darkness? Um, repeat the question. <laughs> uh, do you just do you agree with Ellen that like she should be making better use of Oriser and stuff, and not like hating on him so much and avoiding? Oh yeah, him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has he could be so useful like just in general, oh. and she's just like yes, lapdog. Uh, so Ellen then speaks on the fact that he, uh, knows the others wish Kelsier was king instead of him. Finn tries to dispute it, but can't answer when he asks her if he'd still be king if Kelsier was alive. Finn then says that she loves Ellen, and he asks her why she didn't love Kelsier. She mentions Kelsier's age first, him being 38, but also says she that he had had a hardness to him. He was ruthless and sometimes reminded her of men that she had known when she was younger, even if he was much kinder most of the time. She says I that found he- it fun. I found it funny when, like, because when he was reading it, they ex like exclamation marked it pretty much of like ew almost, and yeah. I felt like it was it was literally Brandon Sanderson going. Guys, no. Please stop. (laughs) Stop shipping them. Where was I? Uh, She says that Ellen is a truly good man, and when Ellen says good men don't become legends, she says good men don't have to. Ellen then tells Vin about how Kelsier saved him during that battle against the Inquisitors. Vin is shocked and wonders if it was by accident, but Ellen says it wasn't. Vin then mentions that Kelsier has started to change a bit at the end. Uh, You guys agree? Kelsier was changing? Mm -hmm. Becoming a better man? Mm, I don't know about that. But... <laughs> Do you agree that Kelsier was becoming a better man at the end of the last book? I mean, I guess he did save Ellen after all. So, <laughs> uh, so Ham then comes in, almost leaving when he sees Vin and Ellen cuddled up together. But Vin says to stay and tells them that Tyrion had sent her another metal to try. Vin then thinks about how the Steel Ministry had kept aluminum, uh, which can get rid of any metal reserves inside an alamancer if burned, a secret. Vin is sure that alum- aluminum must have an alloy, so she's been trying to find it for a while now. 
Ben then tries the aluminum alloy, insisting to Ellen that she needs to try it now, as, it, as if it's wrong and makes her sick, she'll get better before the army should attack. Thus, Ben burns the metal and does not get sick right away, as she had the last four times. However, the metal doesn't seem to do anything. Uh, Ham then mentions that he was here to ask Finn if she was up for sparring, which she agrees to, and it's then mentioned that Ellen should try sparring more, but he says he has Finn to protect him, and he doesn't need to. Finn says he might need to defend himself, as they can't always be there to help him, and he says he'll get to it one day. However, he will come watch them. Uh, so what do you think this metal is going to do? It didn't seem to do anything, like, noticeable right away, but there's obviously a lot Let of me... metals that don't. Let me go to the Arts Arcanum real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to be in there. They don't it's not. Yeah. But why? But just like how they didn't have uh, some of the medals at the end of the last, the first book that get revealed much later in the book. They don't have spoilers in the Ars Arcanum. Really? Oh, that's a... I have a question. So, before, I'm trying not to derail too much, but before, when we were, en- when we ended the last book, right? Mm-hmm. You confirmed to me that Electrum was a thing. Yeah, so... Okay. Did we confirm that Electrum is what they devoured that showed her the past or whatever of the Lord Ruler? I so or I had believed so, but I looked I looked at the Arzarkem afterwards and it's not confirmed here, but I remember they like instead say that it's an alloy of ATM here, but I'm pretty sure Brandon like rescinded that. He like changed it after this book was published. There was like a whole thing about it. I I remember talking about with okay. Jesus. Okay. Um, I, I'm just I'm writing the the powers, and I thought we said Electrum was the one that they ate. See that I I had been under the impression that it was, but I I don't know. I I had definitely thought that that was the case because I was pretty sure Jesus it? and I had conversations about how Electrum was that metal. But I mm. looked at the Ars Arcanum, and now I am doubting myself. <laughs> mm, okay, gotcha. Thank you. But we know Electrum. But, but we know Electrum is is a metal. So I put that on my thing. So because you did state it to us, whether it be that metal, it be a metal, you know, whatever. Okay. Just sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to derail. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that metal was eight or was uh, Electrum, but apparently it's not. And I apologize for mm. that mistake on my part. No worries. But I'm just gonna put it down here. Is that's because I'm pretty sure that's what we said. So I'm putting it down. Obviously, it seems as if it's wrong, but... Yeah, as I, I said, that, that, that had been my impression, oh, but yeah. for anyone yeah, listening, okay. I do think I made a mistake there. Yeah. I just thought that, okay. that, is what, that was that had been my impression, like, this whole time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, well, I mean, because, like I said before, Electrum was supposed to be, like, green and the shit, and the thing they ate was silverish, so... Well, no, because when I look up ele- pictures of Electrum, it's, like, silvery as green flecks. Yeah, with, oh, that's green flex, I thought, but okay. Oh, it looked like gold flex when I was looking at it. Hey, maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing. One second. Uh, oh, no. Okay, I am looking at the wrong thing. I don't know what I'm looking at. Alright, no worries. Anyways. Sorry, um, I, like I said, didn't need to do real. That's okay. I just, yeah, I know. I think I made that mistake. Uh, also, I also, I thought it was... I, I have this funny thought. I didn't make any of these medals. Um, but I was, I was looking up alloys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, remember very beginning of this book, Darkness made a offhanded comment that maybe wood could be a thing at the start of the last book he said obsidian could be uh, yeah, yeah yeah well yeah and i'm pretty sure we made a comment way back then too about wood being like a possible thing like uh like instead of metal 
they could burn wood and like different types of wood would give you different powers. Mm. Um, but as I was looking up alloys, uh, I forgot there is technically alloys that use wood as a base thing. Do it's they? not all metals. Yep. Well, to, uh, be, huh? to be fair, like carbon is wood based. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. So I didn't put any of none of the things I have on here are wood based alloys but like i thought that was pretty neat and would be pretty funny to be a like thing to use but mm. sorry like i said didn't mean to yeah no, there, no problem mm-hmm. um uh, so i'm looking it up real quick uh the the ones that are here are are called cerebend bend alloy and puta alloy yeah they're all wood-based metals really cool see. uh oh yeah so we'd finish that chapter okay our final chapter, chapter six. Yay. Uh, our epigraph for this chapter is, I write this record now, pounding it into a metal slab because I am afraid. Afraid for myself, yes. I admit to being human. If Elendi does return from the Well of Ascension, I am certain that my death will be one of his first objectives. He is not an evil man, but he is a ruthless one. That is, I think, a product of what he has been through. Uh, so why do you think he is specifically using metal to write these words? Uh, going back to the first epigraph, why can only words written in metal be trusted it's in steel oh no it says set in metal cannot be trusted yeah oh, oh i write these words in steel for anything not set in metal cannot be trusted yeah yeah it's in steel yeah, well, yeah well, it's he's... written in steel but yeah. he says metal in general yeah for anything not set in metal cannot be trusted yes but uh can, do you do we know what steel does with uh just out of curiosity because i don't remember with what, what it does with uh wait, 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 wait. yes uh steel is speed okay I have that on my list, so. I only have the base 8, though. Like, I haven't set up a thing for what all the other ones that I think I'm are. I'm just wondering, because, yeah. to be fair, these are Terrasmen, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Quan is a Terrasmen. We don't know... Oh, actually, I think we do know that he does have Ferrochemy, because he says even without his uh, copper mines, he has an amazing memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a Ferrochemist. Oh, you... Actually, I think that was from a later epigraph that I accidentally just spoiled. I... This is why I don't write ahead. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, to be fair, I figured he would be. Yeah, concerned. like we we're, we're, we pretty much just came up with a conclusion that like he's probably a fair guy. Yeah, this is why I don't write like, ahead though. I have a hard time of remembering what has actually been talked about, <laughs> which is why I only did the epigraphs ahead of time. But yeah, so in this chapter, we have Ellen's point of view for the chapter as he watches Vin and Ham get ready to spar. Ham tells Vin to only use Peter, and she agrees. Ellen also oh notes some Vin beats the shit out of him. <laughs> Ellen also notes that some of the guards linger to watch as they enjoy the distraction of watching Ham and Vin spar. As the spar begins, Club comes up to Ellen and says he's putting money on Vin. Ellen asks if Clubs is asking him to bet against Vin, but eventually concedes and also puts down a ten boxing coin. Mm. Clubs then asks where Spook is, and Ellen is surprised to hear that he's back in the city. Apparently Spook had left a carving on Club's doorstep with a note that said it was what real carpenters are up to, which is such a fucking <laughs> sassy ass thing. Like, this man just comes in here and sasses the fuck out of him, though. <laughs> I loved it. It was awesome. Honestly, I think this chapter is my, like, from what I remember, this is like my favorite. Like, this chapter is like one of the better spook chapters. Like, this is, I'm not a big spook fan, but I liked this chapter with him. He's pretty funny in this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, this definitely made me more of a spook fan, so. Since you don't like Spook, um, how did he feel when he died? I don't know. Maybe he does die, maybe he doesn't. <laughs> Everyone dies eventually. I mean, yeah, death is uh, coming for all of us. Uh, Mistborn Era 2 is 300 years in the future, so we... Uh... Well, we know that someone's going to become immortal. So we know everyone shit, so. dies eventually. Unless no. someone becomes immortal. 
Yeah. Continue, please. Yes. So yeah, Ellen then asks about the army, and Clev says that they're doing terribly, and he needs more than a year to train them. But he thinks Straff will attack by the end of the week. Another coin is then snapped down onto the railing, a voice stating their money is also on Vin. Ellen turns to see a man with a beard, and then realizes it's Spook with a fake beard. Spook says, wuzzing mm. the wear of calling out, and Ellen asks if he's gone back to his street slang, which Spook says, only for nostalgia. Apparently Spook had stopped speaking like that uh, over the last year. Um, apparently yeah. he used to give Ellen headaches with uh, his street slang when they first Me. met. Uh-huh. Darkness too. But I liked it. I wish it was a fucking thing. So uh, okay. So 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 theory. So theory. Because he changed up and all that shit. I have a theory that mm-hmm. uh, somewhere down the line, just because I want Spooks to fucking live through the whole book, uh, <laughs> that somewhere down the line, whatever the what was it called, Eastern Street slang, yeah. uh, is going to come in handy and be needed. <laughs> just because I want Spooks to live and like have a purpose in this in this group, except for the fact that he's a ten eye. That they're only ten eye in the group, but. I think they're showing major character development for Spook so he can oh, die. 100%. Uh, I hope not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Spook is apparently now over 6 feet tall and 16 years old. Apparently uh. he had gotten back a couple of days ago, but he had wanted a few days break so he hadn't come to see any of them. And also he had wanted to be here when Straff attacks instead of being sent off again. Ellen mm-hmm. then asks Spook what is happening in the West, and Spook mentions that it seems like someone is purposely spreading rumors of the ATM being in Luthadel again, even though they've been trying to spread rumors that it was elsewhere since they hadn't been able to find it in Luthadel. Ellen then asks if Spook knows where Breeze is, but Spook just shrugs. So where do you think Breeze is? <sighs> Offhanded, just because it would be really funny. He's over there with uh, Ellen's father. Oh, damn. He's <laughs> changed sides? Hmm. I said offhanded. I I hope not, but offhanded. Maybe he's off doing political affairs with other kingdoms and shit, <laughs> other cities. But um, I just wanted to mention that like that six foot like height shocked the fuck out of me. Spook fucking grew. Yeah, no, Big especially at sixteen. I was like, uh, that's because like you're, like you're short. I was like five four at sixteen, bro. <laughs> yeah, see, short. Spook had his growth spurt. <laughs> that's scary. That's not spook. That's fucking terrifier or some shit. <laughs> uh, so Vim and Vim, Vin and Ham, <laughs> uh, their spar begins uh, to get a bit more serious. It's clubs had said it would end up. Somehow, with just Peter, Vin was able to jump up high enough to avoid one of Ham's attacks. She then hits Ham in the back of the legs, knocking him down and lands on his chest. She lightly knocks Ham on the forehead and states she wins. Vin then scurries off to get Ham something to drink, and Ham joins Ellen, Clubs, and Spook by the railing. Ellen asks how Vin can jump so high with just Peter, and Ham says it's likely because of how light she is. Unlike with Farrakemi, your muscles don't grow when you use Pewter, so you get a ton of power, but not all the weight. Uh, what did you think about that? I thought it was interesting. Honestly, I was like, okay, like, how the fuck did she jump that high? But, you know. <laughs> yeah, it definitely, I mean, I didn't think she cheated. Mm. Yeah, so she basically has, like, yeah, so basically she has, like, all the strength in, like, her muscles of, like, a giant bodybuilder, but she's still, like, uh-huh. a tiny girl, so she just goes fucking springing. <laughs> she's like a fucking bunny rabbit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, so Vin then returns with juice for ham clubs, and Ellen, Spook asks what about him, and Vin says he looks silly in a beard. She then pulls a tin mug over and hands it to Spook. Spook then asks she, for money. She uses her powers to move a tin mug, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> yeah, she just pulls it from across the room. 
Spook then asks okay. for money for the bet, which Ellen says he didn't agree to, but pays Spook anyways. Finn notes he bet against her, and Ellen says clubs bullied him into it. Uh, Vin then comes around to stand next to Ellen, and he puts his arm around her, noting a hint of envy in Spook's eyes. Ellen apparently knows of Spook's crush on Vin, and notes that he can't blame him for liking Vin. Spook yeah, says, who could? <laughs> Spook says I mean, he needs I don't to like find... her, but... Yeah, <laughs> Spook says he needs to find himself a woman, and says the beard is only disguised when Vin notes the beard won't help him. Do you think Spook's gonna find himself a woman? No. He's gonna die a virgin. Damn. Poor I don't know about dying a virgin, but I don't think he's gonna find a woman, like, as in, like, somebody in a relationship. He's gonna find a man! <laughs> okay, sure. I don't think he's gonna be in a relationship, is what I'm saying. Reen will come back to life, and him and Spook will hook up. Oh, oh my <laughs> god! No. Okay. Lord Ruler comes back, and he hooks up with Lord Ruler. Oh god. That's an age difference. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so, Vin then comes around to stand next to Ellen. Oh. I fucking read that part already. Uh, the group yep. jokes a little that Vin would kill anyone else Ellen had dated, and he jokes that it only happened once, and it was because Sham was trying to assassinate him. It's also brought up uh, what Vin would do if Ellen ever leaves her. And Ellen knows uh, Vin is worried about that sort of stuff, so he changes the topic. She kind of, like, snuggles in close and closer to him and, like, stiffens up. She's like, no, no. You see, what I pictured right here is her grabbing his waist and pulling him in, you know? <laughs> She's like, he is uh, mine. <laughs> yeah, like, this right here is mine. Where the fuck do you think you're going? <laughs> you go nowhere. <laughs> uh, Elman suggests going to eat, and then agrees. Uh, Spook's... We can't even say Spook's now, it's Spook. Spook uh, also wants to go, but Clubs makes him stay behind. Later that night, they meet up with Orisa again, this time in his wolfhound body. He'd been able to make vocal cords so that he could speak when needed. So you guys... What's that about when I said, like, could yeah. he not have just taken all the bodies and, like, fucking, you know, Frankenstein that motherfucker? I know, right? But yeah, yeah. you guys you guys found it interesting that he could make his wolfhound talk? I like it. Mainly so he can fucking tell Vin to fuck off. You think it works on insects? Do insects have bones? They have an no. exoskeleton, but I it's don't... Not, it's, not, it's not bones, though. It's cartilage. Yeah. I think it might be too small, too. Like, I don't know if there's, like, a minimum size. He has That's to what I was wondering. Do. That's the only reason I was wondering. How big is this dog, by the way? <laughs> oh, he's... Uh, I think I looked up wolfhounds before, and they're think, fucking yeah. gigantic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, like, look up yeah. a wolfhound, they're, like, gigantic dogs. And I look yeah, up... yeah, yeah, go ahead, look up a wolfhound. Hopefully you, you don't a, find you a You can look up a wolfhound. wolfhound. You can't look up wolfhound and, like, Mistborn or something together. But or, like, sometimes it comes up, okay? Like, I, 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 I'm going to be honest here. When I was looking up alloys... Right? Just the word alloy to figure out a list of alloys. One of the things was the fucking, like, wiki, which I did not click on, because I don't need to. But I wanted to find a list of alloys so I could figure out which ones I wanted to include. But it does, just saying alloy also does a Mistborn alloys. All I'm seeing is Irish Wolfhounds. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, look how big that fucking dog is. Jesus Christ. Oh, it is an Irish Wolfhound. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. It is yeah. fucking huge. They're fucking big... Mm -hmm. Big old doggies. She's just small too. So. Yeah, she's also. I mean, Vin is definitely small. But... Yeah, there's some pictures of Vin with Orius or the Wolfhound. Uh, so yeah. So oh. where was I? Uh, well, see, just you so said you... you you send these pictures, right? Just so you know, that pretty much tells us that he's probably gonna stay a dog the whole fucking time. That's not guaranteed of that. Mm, I said kind of. Just so y'all know, um, I forgot. Oh, okay, good. Oh, okay. 
Good, no derailing. Uh, so Vin then asks if this is why it took so long to change bodies, and he says no, it was because of the fur, and apologizes for not mentioning it before. Uh, ben says it's okay, and he did mention it. Uh, Ellen then asks how Orioser likes the body, and he says he finds it degrading. Vin notes he's especially blunt today, but Orioser agrees with Ellen that he will follow his contract no matter what. Ellen gives Vin a look, and she reluctantly tells Orioser that they will be spending more time together. Vin then yeah. tells Orioser that she wants to see if he can keep up with his new body. And that was the end of that chapter. So, overview questions. Go, go, go. I said, go, go, go. What do you think is going to happen when Straff Venture attacks? Mm, well, he's going to lose. Uh, I don't know how, but he's going to lose. Hopefully the Watcher fucking kills him. Do, uh, do we know? What does his army consist of? A lot of people. Yeah, I, we, we don't know 100%, I don't think. It's like 25,000 or something like that, I thought. Yeah, so what do you think also will happen with Finn and Orisur's relationship? You guys have kind of said that you think Orisur is going to turn on her at some point. Wait, what? I did, yeah. Wait, who? Or the, the Chandra, or you, sir? Oh, Vin and... Oh, oh, yeah, I definitely think that motherfucking thing is going to fucking... Eraser! Yeah, eraser, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, also, my final question is, do you think Straff Venture is going to be the main antagonist for this book, or no. is there going to no. be something else? No. no. Mm, he's going to die, and it's not even going to like last no. longer. Honestly, I think, like I said, I feel like he's it's going to be like a... Uh, they're all going to be, like, preparing for him to come through the walls, and, like, they're all going to get slaughtered by something else. And either they won't know what it is, or they'll see it and be just as fucking terrified of it. Watch uh, it be the mist. The mist oh, that would be oh. No, the mist, like, uh, like Protects wipes them. out that army. Oh. Or pro- oh. Yeah, maybe. What do you think the main cool. antagonist is going to be, then, of this book? You. A demonic fucking evil god, but I'm on this fucking god kick right now, so. Because he just seems like a fucking neutral god. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I think the deepness yeah. is. You think, you the, think deepness the deepness is, is what? The oh, is yeah, the main villain? I think yeah. the deepness is the main villain in the third book. Mm. Like, that's when they fucking. Like, I feel like they probably figure it out in this book, and then, like, they have to fight it in the last book. But I, that's not the. Well. Mm, I mean, we'll it's a four part series. Yes, you're right. It's, you know. it's, telling it's a three, us that. Well, it's a three book trilogy for era one and it's four eras oh oh so three part it's three book trilogy for era one yes yeah and we still have four five okay. three other fucking eras bro. there's okay. there's the I second era just got finished uh this year or mm-hmm. technically end of last year sorry the last book came out november of Gosh, 2022 so there's two more eras that we need to yeah mm. there's two eras that haven't been written yet and i believe uh, Mistborn Era 4 is going to be the final climax of the Cosmere. Like, completely? Yeah, I believe it's going to be, like, Ooh. everything's going to come to a head, like, in that era. When? The Whenever fourth era of, of Mistborn. Whenever it comes out, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, the way that Sanderson yeah, pushed it out, it'll probably be out in, like, fucking a year and a half, too. <laughs> but yeah, they, he just ended, yeah, Mistborn Era 2, which was four books. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's got all these other books fucking Which was manuscripted like out. Industrial area, yeah. So they've said like Mistborn Era One is like kind of like medieval almost, like normal fantasy. Mistborn Era Two is like industrial. Mistborn Era Three I think is supposed to be kind of Cold War, like nineties style. And then fourth era is gonna be like Space Age. Excuse me? Yeah. Cool. That's cool. I mean, is, I mean, he does. He's already got a space aged book like series thing though, like that we could read right now because it's not part of the Cosmere, right? 
Yeah, you carried that. Yeah. Okay, so just let me know when I can go through my list here. Uh, yeah, go ahead. All right, so I'm just going to start with the ones we know and everything, too, because every one of them, I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to say the other one that goes with it, like, in tandem, because I think I put it in tandem. Uh, So iron and steel, tin and pewter, zinc and brass, copper, bronze, aluminum and duraluminum, which is the thing that we just got unknown. Uh, Are these, uh... Are these metals in their alloys, or just metals? Metal, in metal, and uh, and their alloy. Like, yeah, I think it's metal and their alloy. I think I, I think I put it right. Some yeah, of these might right. be mixed so far up, you've but it right. yeah, yeah. Uh, the only one I think that's different is the last two, technically, because um, I didn't really figure out their alloys. Uh, chromium and nicrosil. Nicrosil, I think uh, that's how they're pronounced. Maybe, um, and then gold electrum, and then the two that I. Because I, I, I want silver to be a thing. So I put cadmium and then silver. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have on the bottom, like I said, I have atrium or atium. Um, and then I have a blank one, but I have the gives allomancy because I want one that has that power. <laughs> uh, but so for aluminum, I have it dulls allomancy. Um, like it, you know, lowers their shit. Uh, and then I think dur- whatever the fuck strengthens allomancy. Mm. Um, or the alimentic metals inside you is what actually what I put. But dulls alimentic metals, strengthens alimentic metals. Um, chromium I put as removes alimancy from someone, um, like you personally. Um, and then nickrosyl strengthens metals and others. So one removes the metals, the other one strengthens. Uh, gold is the past self. Electrum is past sight of others. Cadmium is speeding up time, silver is slowing down time, and then atrium future site, and then gives alamancy is whatever. Hopefully there's another one, because I want to give alamancy. But yeah, that's what I got. I'm just hoping a lot of these powers work, because mm-hmm. if, you, if you could fucking... Well, alright, so, the only one that I have a basis on of why I think it might be a thing, the speeding up time thing, uh, because... Or not... No, slowing down time. Um, I put slowing down time because in the last book... Uh, the Lord Ruler seemed to zip over to a spot, uh, like almost like he teleported. So, wasn't he like just that using ferrochemy though? Yeah, I think that's just the speed accumulated. I, I mean, yeah, maybe, but I mean, it didn't really say it. It just said that he appeared in front of her. <laughs> so, I'm feeling like it would be really cool, really cool, if either either he's really fast, like the Flash. So then everything would be slower to him, because that would make sense if it's the Farrakhan thing. Or he can literally slow down time. Mm. Um, I don't. I thought I put it in here, but I, maybe I didn't. I guess I just left it for the other thing. Mm. I thought I put it in here, like, being able to pull on metals and other people, but I think maybe I deleted it while I was making this. Because he also did that, and that was really cool. But it also could just be the pulling... Uh, like metal thing, uh, the lurcher. I wonder what the sen- the sensations for ferrochemy is. <sighs> I have a yeah, whole you have to make a whole table for what the ferrochemy abilities yeah, do for all your metals too. I'm, yeah, I know. I'm going to. I have all the other ones. I have uh, gold is health, ATM is age, bronze is wakefulness. Because you told me told all of these to us. Yeah, those but, are in the Arzor uh, at the back. Yeah, of this. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying they were all there. But uh, I have copper is memory, steel is speed, iron is weight, pewter is strength, zinc, tin is sense. Uh, zinc is mental speed, and then brass is warmth. But I haven't done any of those. I think tin um, wasn't just sense. I think tin was a specific sense. Oh, was it? Um, I I only put sense, but maybe yeah. Oh no, it is. It is just store senses. You're right. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I just I thought it was a specific said, one. 
Yeah, I just wrote what you said. So I want to know, like, if it's like uh, Alamancy though, where like they feel like it's a fire burning. Mm. But, like, I want to know I what. Because so, like, I thought he said something about the fact that like he, it's not burning it though. He, well, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder what the they feel. feel like I think Says refers to it as tapping be... into his metal minds. Like he taps. Yeah. Them. Like maybe it's like tink, 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 or I mean the other really what I think would be really funny uh, would be like if uh, Alamancy is the heat, then uh, Farrakhemi is the cold. Mm. That's what so I was thinking for a yeah, bit. That would be really cool. Since there, since there are places like uh, the Monsters or whatever it is, like okay, it's all mm. cold and shit. Yeah, the north. Well, now I'm gonna have to think of. I'm just gonna use the same list. Uh, probably have to move all this stuff, but yeah. I'll just use the same list and then. Yeah. All right. I'll have her candy by the time we come back for the next one. Yeah. So <laughs> next episode is going to be chapters. I can type seven to twelve. I will make sure to pin this one this time for you guys. <laughs> it's only for darkness because I, I I I can look up and not have blindness. So. <laughs> so yeah. But... So chapter seven through twelve next time and also chapter 12 is the start of part two curious is it a spoiler to know the titles of i don't think so <laughs> okay i don't think i, mean, I, well, I don't I, generally I just want... give away that much i don't well, think well i mean i just want the titles of the ones we do know which is part two aluminum is... and part, part two is called ghosts in the mist oh well, actually no you know what no it would kind of give it away never mind because mm-hmm. it would then it would tell you then if they were able to be Mistakes. So, mm. okay. So, never mind. Also, this uh, they... book, instead of having yeah, five yeah. parts, it has six parts. Last book had five parts. This book is slightly longer. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So that's that's it for next uh, time, chapter seven okay. through twelve. Thank that's you guys all so much for listening with us. Bye. Bye. Bye.